Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bigly and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bigly and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. All right, happy Wednesday, everybody. It's Shenanigans Wednesday. It is Wednesday, isn't it, Vinny? You're asking me? I'm on fire today, baby. I get the day wrong like 60% of the time. I do think it is Wednesday, which means it is a Shenanigans Wednesday. And I think, right. we're, in the, I think we're in the need for some shenanigans, right? We've been doing a lot of heavy lifting lately. Uh, and I want to begin today's show with, with a reminder, not just, not just for Cardinal fans, but for the Cardinals themselves. Because even though we have been a little bit acerbic at times and critical of, of the operations and the head coach and the general manager, WIP in Philadelphia, fine radio program or radio station, right? Yes. WIP in Philadelphia ran a poll. Should the Eagles fire defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon? The Eagles lost their first game of the year. <laughs> and that was the poll question. So a reminder, things could be much worse. What were the results? Med- you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it. 42% said yes. Stop. Oh wow. A poll of which 10,000 people responded. Insane Philadelphia Eagles fans. <laughs> First loss of the year. 42% want heads to roll. We're not perfect anymore. Wow, that's, a, that's amazing. Isn't that amazing? I thought you'd like that. Philly's a different place. Oh, you can this. say that again. Yes, we know this. It is it is the best sports town in America. I, I, you could make an argument for Boston. Boston, they don't have the passion Philly fans do. They don't have the good emotion. They've got all the sarcasm and snark. Yes. And they, and they love their teams, but they don't have the weepy ah, when things are going great. Yeah. Our former boss is still doing well there. I thought they'd run him out of town by now. <laughs> Phoenix native who lived his whole life here, went to Philadelphia, yeah, and apparently yeah, no, thriving. Listen, uh, right, exactly. Well, he, he picked a great time to go to Philly, man, yes, let me did. tell you. How about that? In terms of a lot of good teams That's going on. If there is such a good, yeah. uh, such a thing as a good time to go to Philadelphia. Well, how about that? So there, way to go, W. We'll have to update that poll later on today. It was running 58 to 42%. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine being Jonathan Gale. Uh-huh. Like, Wait, what? <laughs> you loved me last week. Right, right. Wow. They were an unbeaten team, and they just lost a game to the Commanders, and that's funny. All right, start the show, Jarrett. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Animal. Animal coming. Animal coming. 
The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Cardinals resuming preparation for their trip south of the border to Mexico City to face the San Francisco 49ers on Monday Night Football. Team made some roster moves yesterday. They signed offensive lineman Rashad Coward to the active roster. Released kicker Tristan Viscano. We barely knew you, Tristan. Uh, With all the injuries on the offensive line, Coward was pressed into starting duty. Played 71% of the snaps at left guard, and the Cardinals win over the Rams on Sunday. Viscano is the Cardinals' fourth kicker to play in a game this year, and the first of their replacements not to miss a kick in a game this year. He was perfect and still shown the door. Um, I guess chances are, when Matt Prater can't go late in the week, Viscano could be called back. Uh, Could be. (laughs) Keep your cell phone on this. (laughs) Yeah, don't leave the country. Uh, The team also re-signed defensive lineman Michael Dogby to the practice squad and released offensive lineman Sage Dockstater and linebacker Blake Lynch from the practice squad. Didn't take long for Eno Benjamin to find work. The running back, surprisingly released by the Cardinals on Monday, was claimed by the Houston Texans on Tuesday. The Texans, you may know, were first in waiver priority as a result of them having the worst record in the league, so he didn't get past the first team that could claim him. Benjamin had 299 yards on the ground, two touchdowns for the Cardinals before the release. Now will serve as the backup to rookie Damian Pierce in Houston. He also returns to his home state of Texas, where he was a star at Wiley East High School. Wow. Okay. Texas high school legend. Okay. Uh, Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup going on injured reserve. He's having ankle surgery today after suffering that high ankle sprain in the Rams' loss to the uh, Cardinals on Sunday. Sounds like more than a sprain there, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Surgery? Yeah, it does. And that you and that would be the the uh, the end of the Los Angeles Rams. If you believe they're not there already, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that would just be another right. stamp on. This it. is just, this, yeah, this is just kind of the ceremonial. Okay, let's let's hoist that white flag up. Yep. Uh, Suns in action tonight. They welcome the Golden State Warriors to Footprint Center. Suns off a tough one and three road trip that ended with a one point loss to Miami on Monday night. Golden State comes in six and eight on the season, but they are coming off a thirty seven point blowout of the Spurs on Monday. The defending league champs are one of four teams joining Detroit, Orlando, and the. Lakers is the only teams without a win on the road this season. Uh, Chris Paul still questionable for tonight. Landry Shamit remains out. Tonight also marks the debut of the Sun City Edition uniforms as they pay tribute to the 22 tribal nations in the state of Arizona. So don't be shocked when you see purple and orange replaced by turquoise tonight. Uh, Tip-off is yeah. at 8. Pre-game coverage starts at 7.30 here on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. Yeah, the video the Suns put together to honor Native Americans was awesome, by the way. it was They did that about a about a week ago, I think. They released it, yeah. yeah. I, I, I I would, think, yeah, the, the presentation, yes. the thought that went into the design of those uniforms, man, man it was it was very impressive. Yeah, I totally agree. So yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing this. And I had heard from, uh, you know, it was a while back that the Suns were presented, the players themselves were presented with this this whole uh, originative movement, they're mm-hmm. calling it. And I was told it was a very, very emotional and, and really cool event. That's so. cool. Yeah. That's good looking, to hear. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, the Verbo Fiesta Bowl is a new executive director. It's Eric Moses, formerly the president of the Nashville Super Speedway in Tennessee. Uh, Jim Hatfield, who's been a longtime board member, will remain the interim director through this year's game at State Farm Stadium, which is a college football playoff semifinal. That's on New Year's Eve. Uh, D-backs began the process of rebuilding their bullpen. They acquired right-hander Carlos Vargas from Cleveland. 
in exchange for 23-year-old right-hander Ross Carver. Vargas, 23 himself, has not yet pitched in the big leagues, but he represents something they don't have. Somebody who can hit triple digits yeah, on the radar. Yeah, a power gun. arm. Yes. Yeah, exactly. They also designated four players for assignment. Sergio Alcantara, Stone Garrett, Jordan Luplo, and uh, Caleb Smith mm. all designated for assignment. So the house cleaning continues. Anthony Rizzo heading back to the Yankees on a multi-year deal, according to reports. At least uh, $40 million to Rizzo over two years. Lefty pitcher Tyler Anderson staying in L.A., but not with the Dodgers. He's inking a three-year $39 million deal with the uh, Angels. Former, this is amazing, former D-backs manager Buck Showalter of the Mets named the National League Manager of the Year. Fourth manager of the year. Uh, He's done it for four Four different different teams. teams. The only team he managed where he didn't win that award was the Arizona Diamondbacks. Whoops. That doesn't make any sense to win the manager of the year four times with four different teams but never win a World Series. Mm -hmm. Meaning that at some point in each time, they just got (laughs) sick of them and moved on. Yeah. That's, yes. That's, to be yes. that good yes. at Buck some point. Buck career in a nutshell. You just, you just, that was a very accurate sketch of Buck Showalter. Yeah. Showalter beat out Dave Roberts of the Dodgers in Atlanta's Brian Snitker. In the American League, Terry Francona of the Guardians won the award for the third time in his career. Brandon Hyde of Baltimore was second. And uh, Seattle Scott Service was third. ASU hoops in action tonight. The 2-1 and one Sun Devils taking on VCU in their first of two games at the Legends Classic at Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Marcus Bagley out with a hip injury. He didn't make the trip for ASU. That game gets underway at 6.30. You can hear it uh, beginning with pregame coverage at 6 on the Arizona Sports Uh, app and ESPN 6.20. And I love Bobby Hurley describing what it felt like to be there and how how they just feel like they're in the big time Mm -hmm. there. To play on an NBA court in right. the NBA arena. It, it, practicing at an NBA facility, going facility to downtown Manhattan. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Three of the top seven teams in the nation were in action at the State Farm Champions Classic in Indianapolis in college hoops. Michigan State took down number four, Kentucky, in double overtime, 86-77. And number six, Kansas, got by number seven, Duke, 69-64. And the new college football playoff rankings out. Nothing new about the top of the rankings, however. Jordan Georgia remains number one, followed by Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU. Tennessee just outside looking in. The Pac-12 had six teams ranked in the top 25. But it's all down to USC, the final chances Which to get a playoff team. Which is just bizarre because when you think about the image of the Pac-12 right now, if, if there were a 12-team playoff right now, there'd be a heavy Pac-12 feel to it. Very it's just li- ridiculous. Very, very likely, yeah. yeah. Well, they're not expanding just yet. Yeah. And, uh, by the way, USC's got UCLA this week. That could be the the Bruins ruining the chances for the uh, whole conference. Uh, There you go. There is your splash for Wednesday, November 16th. Coming up next, Cardinals. Lots of questions still remain in the air as they head to Mexico to take on the San Francisco 49ers. We'll get into some of those questions straight ahead here on this Wednesday edition. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Yeah, I think any game you can, you know, any game you watch, there's things you can look at that, hey, we'd like to do this better. I think we can do this. Um, 
you know, really well. So I think Cal's a very cerebral player as well and can take um, different things from each game plan and, and see how we can improve it. But uh, to me, just Colt's ability to, to uh, continue to battle when things, you know, didn't go back. He got hurt. He stepped back in and just was the same guy. You know, he didn't didn't get phased by any of it. That's kind of his biggest um, quarterback trait that I've been impressed by. He doesn't get rattled. He just plays his game and sticks to his guns and trusts, you know, um, what he can do out there. Cliff Kingsbury from Monday when asked a question, is there anything Kyler Murray could take from Colt McCoy's performance mm-hmm. in Murray's absence in that win over the Rams? And I found it interesting that um, that, that soundbite ended with Cliff Kingsbury circling back around to Colt McCoy doesn't get rattled. Yeah. Well, that's not something really Kyler Murray can take immediately from the Colt McCoy performance uh-huh. because we know that's not necessarily the case with Kyler Murray. He does get rattled a little bit. Yeah. And certainly, I believe, has been more rattled this year than we've seen uh, last year or the year before. Let's throw out his rookie season. That was okay. obviously a big big learning uh, big learning curve and experience. Mm-hmm. But uh, do you agree with that? Like, he's he's been a little off kilter more so this yeah. year? No, I, I think so. I, and, and I think there's probably a lot of reasons for that. He got paid. There's a lot more pressure on him. He's older. He's been asked to be a leader. And he probably um, doesn't have a lot of experience with exactly how you do it. So verbally, it can be a little bit awkward. I, I thought when you go back and you watch Cliff Kingsbury's press conference after the game, he was he was very generous in his praise of Colt McCoy in ways that Kyler Murray lacks. And and there were people there were people in the national media who who really grabbed onto that yesterday and said, "Look at this! This is proof that the head coach does not like the quarterback at all." I, I think most of us who watch Cliff Kingsbury in media settings know that he doesn't use the platform to send messages. He just kind of gets through each question. You know yeah, what I mean? He does he, what's he doesn't asked give, of him. He, yeah, he does what's asked of him. He doesn't. Ask, so he doesn't really play that game. So I think it's easy to if you don't know Cliff and how he operates in media sessions. It's very easy to listen to that and go, oh, he's making it very clear that that his guy, that the normal guy is lacking the things. And I mean, I, I, I've got the quote somewhere. It, it, I don't know if we've got the sound of it, but he, he just flat out comes out and says from being there early to leaving there late to the communication through the roof. The, it was like a checkbox of the things that we perceive Kyler Murray to be lacking. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people are like, that's interesting. So today is an interesting day in this from the standpoint of what is this going to sound like? Is it going to be, well, we're going to we're going to wait and see how Kyler feels. Well, we're going to see if he's 100 percent or are they going to immediately say, oh, no, no, no. Kyler's playing. Kyler's the guy. But that would be uh, uh, I don't know what will happen. I'm just based on what we've experienced, especially this year. Mm-hmm. That would seem kind of out of the ordinary for the Cardinals to be that decisive sure that early in the week. Sure and would. Even last week when, when Cliff Kingsbury was decisive about Buda Baker saying he's out, Buda ended up playing. To me, this is the classic uh, both guys are day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Because day-to-day has been kind of a theme for this team. Um, not poking fun when I say that. That's mm-hmm. the reality of the situation is they've been ravaged by injuries. Every team deals with injuries. Some deal with them a little bit more. They have been. 
I think this is going to be a later in the week or maybe even game time decision kind yeah. of situation. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And and the exact quote was uh, about Colt McCoy, quote, the way he led the professionalism there early, stayed late. The communication was through the roof. It was awesome to see. That was the that was those were Cliff Kingsbury's words relative to Colt McCoy. And like I said, you look at them and you go, these are all the attributes that we wonder about with yes. Kyler Murray. So going back to the original mm-hmm. point and the the question asked to Cliff Kingsbury, what he answered in that soundbite. Can Kyler take anything away from Colt McCoy's performance? There you go. Maybe All of that. not. <laughs> yeah. But that's what you could take from mm-hmm. is is the Monday through Sunday prep before the performance. Yeah. So there is so there is this national narrative out there that there's uh, there remains they view this as as a, a real dysfunctional situation when I, I don't think it's quite that, but but I do think it's going to be interesting how they handle this because of that narrative and because um, if 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 Kyler Murray is going to be the quarterback, they might want to make that that show of alliance with him today if if they know that is indeed the case. It would be very unlike them, but I'm, I'll be curious to see what it sounds like. No, really, I, I will say this, um, and I, I kind of accuse myself of maybe overthinking this a little bit too much if they come to the determination all right the week off was good for kyler murray he's been able to you know recover to a stand you know, to to a, a point where he's close to 100 percent. he's the guy mm-hmm. if they fully believe that then this is not even a decision to be made he is the guy moving forward there's no doubt about it um now that does not excuse them from the perils of what happens in mexico city if things go south yeah it's one game yes it's an important game but following what we all saw in terms of the smoothness of operation and what was, you know, again, not a great offensive performance. It was a responsible offensive performance. It was by, competent. It was competent by Colt, uh, Colt McCoy. Yeah. And, and it, let's be honest here. For, for much of this season, the offenses looked cartoonish, buffoonish. Uh-huh. And as, as a result, so as the head coach and where this thing is going. And so, and now we're coming out of a game on the road in Los Angeles where, where the offense popped a little. And again, like you said, it was nothing great. And we don't know if it would travel against that 49ers defense or if you would need a guy more like Kyler Murray. Because there has been, there have been times in the past when the 49ers defense has been very vulnerable to elusive quarterbacks. Uh-huh. So, again, I just, I just think it's fascinating because the, a much maligned coaching staff and a much maligned offense and a much maligned head coach, they're, they're, they're getting something better. They're feeling a little bit different right now. They're yeah. being treated different. Uh, elsewhere with the Cardinals, mentioned Buda Baker and his return to the field after not missing any time after he was ruled out. Just an amazing performance on Sunday. Uh, Buda Baker was on NFL. NFL Network yesterday kind of updated the world on how that ankle is feeling. Definitely a lot better. Um, you know, going to continue to get my treatment in and uh, continue to get my ankle right so I can play this Sunday. So, um, you know, we didn't really feel anything during the game. And then, of course, after that, after that last snap, you know, it, all the all the adrenaline and all that type of stuff wears out. And, uh, you know, I had, had a little bit of soreness, but just so glad we got that W. What I can't wait to see on tonight's episode two of hard knocks is what went into Buda Baker being able to play um, you know will we see that I would think that that would be featured pretty prominently yeah. but he talked about it more on NFL Network how he ended up playing last week when they told me that got the MRI and they told me and for me you know I'm a big take it one day at a time person so you know I know they told me that but at the end of the day I was going to work you know my butt off to try to get back onto that field as soon as possible and uh, you know kudos to the, to the Arizona Cardinals training staff and 
And, um, you know, just the tremendous hours of work I put in to get that ankle right, good enough to play. And, uh, you know, I told them I was going to play. And, of course, there was some, you know, I don't know yet. But I said, you know, I'm going to warm up early and then we'll, we'll, we'll take it at that. So uh, definitely got the, got the play. Glad we got the W. And, uh, you know, now on to the 49ers. Yeah, that guy is just different. <laughs> <laughs> for him to get back on the field was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and again, hopefully uh, we'll see uh, more of uh, how that unfolded on, on Hard Knocks. Episode 2 tonight. Yeah. Stay yeah. up a little late, well, starts at 8, or yeah. uh, set up the DVR. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, what's also interesting to me, too, is the, is the, is this very series itself. And will they will they show us what went down with Eno Benjamin? And that's not this week, as you pointed out. That would be next well, week. Well, we're hearing some stuff that this was pretty prevalent during the game. Which, oh, and okay. We're get into that okay. at the 7 o'clock yeah. hour. So All we'll right. see that part of okay, it good. if they want to go there. Yeah. We will, I don't think we'll see the resolution of it. Maybe not. Unless they crammed it's it in. It's be interesting. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get more into the Eno situation uh, a little bit later on in the show. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, the last time the Suns met the Warriors, not only did they win, Devin Booker got under the skin of Clay Thompson. Suns need a win tonight against the Warriors. We'll get into all of it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Now, now we got some whistles. Players going back at one another here. Everybody's out on the floor right now. And the officials are having a tough time trying to keep things in, under control. And now... Clay Thompson, you're right. He should have been thrown out, and he has oh, been thrown out. Thrown. He has been thrown out. Clay Thompson has been ejected. Man, I love Clay Thompson, and I have from the beginning. You know, from the draft coming out, I said I want to be Clay Thompson. You know, that doesn't excuse us from competing against each other and, and talking a little mess with each other. So I have fun with it. Big fan of his and his and his competitive nature, um, and that's that. That was the last time the Suns and Warriors got together at Footprint Center. October 25th, about three weeks ago, convincing victory for the Suns. They won that game 134-105. to 105. Clay Thompson did not stick around for the end of it, got ejected for the first time in his career. And that was Devin Booker, who uh, was inside the head, underneath the skin, however you want to put it, uh-huh. of Clay Thompson. Uh, it's been a weird beginning of the season for Golden State. They are 6-8. and eight. They have not won on the road. It's also been a little bit of a weird stretch for the Suns. Yep. Coming off a 1-3 and three road trip, they haven't had Chris Paul. Landry Shamit is out. The, the Jay Crowder situation still unresolved. Cam Johnson remains mm-hmm. on the sideline. This is, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's foolish to put too much stock into one Wednesday night game in November. Uh, but I think this is a pretty big game for both teams, quite honestly. Yeah, I think I think emotionally it is. Uh, yeah, I, I think the Suns are kind of a little bit wobbly right now. There were, like I said, from the last game, there were things I really liked. Yet at the same time, they they clearly you know need some help. And I and I think Golden State, like you said, they're struggling um, in ways nobody anticipated. And and yet they also probably you would think um, are thinking about a little bit of revenge having lost to the Suns here the first time around. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so I so I do. Yeah, I agree. I I don't think this is going to be like, you know, uh, it's not going to carry the heat of opening night. It's not going to especially if Chris Paul doesn't play. Yeah, he's listed as questionable still. We kind of touched on it yesterday. Um is this, you know, a situation where the Suns are thinking 
hey, extra time off for Chris Paul is not going to be a bad thing. No, this is not a serious injury, but why rush him back in mm-hmm. November when we've seen how the last two postseasons have kind of uh, worn down yeah. uh, Chris Paul at the end? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in real time, it's frustrating. I get it. Uh, you want to see the Suns win games, and uh, can they do that to the same degree without Chris Paul? It's been a bit of a challenge lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right about that, and I think what that was one of the main takeaways from the end game sequence um, in Miami was, man, it'd be nice to have Chris Paul's leadership out there. Yes, getting guys organized, getting the ball to the right place in the right times, bringing a little more calm to the proceedings, sort of Colt McCoying it a little bit, if you will. Um, and and then I also think you know the the Clay Thompson thing that that ejection from Devin Booker. I, Clay Thompson's been in a weird place. You know, for about a year now, it seems like he's really bristling at any show of disrespect that comes his way. There is a lot of that. There's a weird, there's a weird element to that. But but took exception to what Charles Barkley said about him not being the same player. Yeah, I kind of agreed with it, but also took exception Uh to it. Uh, The Warriors' last game, by the way, Monday night, they blew out the Spurs by 37 points. Mm -hmm. Clay Thompson did not play in that game. Jordan Poole got the start. Jordan Poole scored 36 points in that game. And Steve Kerr was answering questions this week from the Bay Area media. Have you thought about putting Jordan Poole in the starting lineup? Um, It's a nice problem to have when Mm -hmm. you've got a a great player who who clearly, in my opinion, I don't mean this as disrespect to Clay Thompson, he's not the same. He's still working back from two years off. But to have a guy like Jordan Poole to plug in there, that's that's a nice luxury to have for him. Did you, uh, did you see the report that he uh, that he burned through twenty mil because he invested in crypto? Clay, Clay Thompson. Uh, yeah, you didn't see that report. No. Yeah. Uh-huh. Twenty million of his thirty-seven million dollars salary. <laughs> didn't Steph do commercials for FTX? I think so. Yes. Oh, yeah. Get out of that. Hopefully yeah. he didn't. Get, hopefully <laughs> right? he got paid in cash. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. Um, so it, the Clay Thompson thing is weird because he admits that he's not quite back. Yet he he's really defiant about wanting credit for battling through all the injuries. Yet he, you know, I, it's he's just been in a weird place in that eject. And Devin Booker getting in his head and and just the ruthless way Devin Booker handled it after that that added up to be kind of a low a real low point for Clay Thompson. So I'm curious what's coming off him tonight. I'm curious if Chris Paul's going to give it a shot or if the Suns are like, no, we're just going to we're going to slow roll this for a while. Yeah, I mean, Clay, um, just from a shooting standpoint. Shooting worse than he shot in his entire career. 35% from the floor this year in 11 games. Only 33% from yeah. three-point range. When you consider he was 40-plus in every season from 2011 until the injury, mm. uh, that says something. Yeah. Uh, yes. On the positive, though, with the Warriors, Draymond Green has not punched anyone in the face in, in, a, a, while. in a few That's weeks. Good. That's good. <laughs> um, it's not caught on camera. Yeah. So, and the fact that it's an eight o'clock start, they, they'll all know from their body clocks that this is a big game. It, it's they, they know that, and they know when they play each other. A lot of people are going to be watching. So, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll never forget the pregame. I think Kellen Olson caught this video. Devin Booker walked out on the court. And Monty was just standing there, and Devin Booker just came up and like patted his coach on the back, like it's cool, man. I got this, and he did. And he did. Yeah. So this is, uh, I- I'm real curious to see what Devin Booker puts out there tonight as well, because it, you know this as well. In the alpha male of basketball players, it's not a big deal because it's a regular season game and it's only a moment, but getting your shot stuffed by a defensive player in a game-winning situation, yeah. that, that that sticks with you. It, it does. And I think, 
there's like this unofficial tally that goes on with a lot of basketball fans. Like, an NBA Twitter can be a, a very funny place. It can be an informative place, but mostly I find it to be a frustrating place because of this unofficial tally that goes on. Right. You go back to the bubble. One of Devin Booker's signature moments of his early career was hitting that game-winning shot over Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Great moment. Remember those days when those two guys were on the court together? <laughs> yeah. Memories. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, that was like... An all-time it, moment. It, it, but it was, it was an all-time moment for Devin Booker, but it was also a moment that people kept note of. Oh, well, Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard, they got, they got got by Devin Booker. Right. And I find it interesting that there was, uh, you know, actually I don't. It, it, it's expected to have that kind of reaction. When you have a play like that, Jimmy Butler put the clamps on Devin Booker in a big game-winning situation. So that automatically becomes a knock on Devin Booker. When I think it was just an, uh, in some people's eyes, it was a great play by a great player. Right. No, no, no. I, I don't think it's a knock, but I do think people do keep score of that yes. because that's part of that's part of the way people look at the NBA's greatest yes. players. Do you always deliver? There's very little margin for error at the top of the NBA. You've got to convert those game-winning attempts about nine out of ten times, or or people are going to go, oh, but you, oh, what's the matter with you? You know who's done it at that rate? Nobody ever Maybe in Jordan, the history of the sport. Yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. But 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 I'm saying what I'm saying is, if you're Devin Booker, it, it, you're not looking at it that way. What's sticking with you is you're questioning what you did with the ball. Like you know what I mean? It's it's it becomes tactical because Devin yes. Booker he he had smoked Jimmy Butler a few possessions earlier on an and one with a gorgeous shot, and it's so so Devin Booker's probably thinking, okay, next time I can't show like I'm going to go to my right. You know, he put the ball in his right. Right hand, and it's it's uh-huh. it was a little bit of a tell, and so that that's what he's thinking. Well, but but it, it it manifests itself into energy and anger and desire and fuel, and that's what I'm talking about. He'll he'll have a little bit a bit of that tonight because I guarantee you that as entertaining as that game was, that end game situation's bothering Devin Booker. It, I'm sure it is. But going back to your earlier point too about not having Chris Paul on the court for a situation like that, let's look at that last possession. Suns are down by one. Um, they move the ball well early in that possession. Payne drives to the hoop, gets a really good look, can't make the layup. Okay. DeAndre Ayton. We, we talked about his offensive rebound yesterday. I went back and watched it a few more times from different angles uh-huh. yesterday. And I'm sorry. I don't think DeAndre Ayton's explanation of why he didn't go up holds much water. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm going to bring that up again later on in the program. It, 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 there is... There is nothing about his explanation that makes any sense with what happened. You see a second player rushing over to him, and I think he probably. I just, I just think he just. I think he just gagged on it personally. I just think yeah. that, that that there's that end game fear that was here. You take it. His but, instincts often at those times. On most, not even in that time of the game. Most yeah. of the time when he gets an offensive rebound. His instincts is to look for an open yes, guy yes. to kick it out to. That's and right. in that situation, he got it to Devin Booker, who is the closer. Monty Williams admitted, hey, I probably should have called a timeout to set something up. There's another thing that went wrong. Booker's initial shot that got stuffed by Jimmy Butler, let's say it doesn't get blocked and it goes in, there's plenty of time left for the Heat to come back. Even if it goes in, there's plenty of time for the Heat, so he might have gone early. And then the last shot uh, by Booker. Yeah. I thought Booker did a great job to recover from that block. And get a get shot the, that was the ball back. remotely close. Yeah, yeah I agree. And he, and he got I the agree. ball to the rim. But yeah. There was a lot of stuff that Indeed. didn't go right on that possession yeah. for the Suns. And, and so I, so I, that probably sticks with him a little bit. Even though, like I said yesterday, I thought, even though Miami put the clamps on him for a team that was missing three 
of its, its top six players from a year ago on that floor in Miami. I thought they accounted themselves real well. I, I, I'm real happy with Damian Lee. I'm real happy with Jock Landale. I'm real happy with what we got from Dwayne Washington Jr. And wouldn't it be great if he lit it up again tonight? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm really cheering for this guy. I love basketball teams that have that element. Yes. That wild card dude. The Eddie House effect. Yes. Some dude who can come off the the bench and just light you Vinnie up. Johnson. Yeah. It's microwave. Uh huh. I love that stuff. So and I'm we're cheering see, for it, man. Dwayne Washington's going to get an opportunity tonight because Slandry Shamit is still out. So yeah, uh, yeah. Eight o'clock with the uh, with the time change. The first, the first of the eight o'clock tips. Yeah, look at Jared. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, we got to watch Hard Knocks and that. Two yeah. TVs, yeah, I might not two just. Computers. I just might not sleep before uh, tomorrow's tomorrow's show. <laughs> You're gonna wear an entire sweatpant outfit, head oh, to toe. Head to toe, sweat suit. I, I might invest suit, in some yeah. footy pajamas for tomorrow. Innings <laughs> <laughs> Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and more returns to Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and 26th. Tickets just went on sale. You can head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets from us. Coming up next, we'll uh, dive into the NFL, and the news continues to get worse for the L.A. Rams. We'll update you on that and more straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on this Wednesday, live from the Ak Chin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. Yeah, we start hash marks. Uh, Cardinals, of course, beat the Rams in L.A. on Sunday. And late in the game, the Rams suffered another injury to a key player. This one was a Cooper Cup. Looked bad immediately. High throw from John Wolford put Cup in a bad situation. Uh, defender, I think it was Santonio. Uh, it was uh, Marco Wilson uh, mm-hmm. who got tangled up uh, with with Cup, and you could tell something was wrong right yeah. away. Uh, yesterday, it becomes known that Cooper Cup's going on injured reserve. After they said, ah, we we avoided the worst case scenario, but he's having surgery today. Yeah, how about uh, that? They said he could be out four weeks. What, uh, if we're going to say the Cardinals salvaged any chance they have for their season by winning that game against the Rams. On the flip side of that, the, the Rams season is basically over. I, I would expect Cooper Cup to, to sit out the rest yeah, of the well, season. Yeah, again, unless there's a miraculous comeback and unless Matthew Stafford is just comes back and starts lighting things up, I, I think they're about ready to just kind of flush the season and, and just kind of, you know... Pay homage to the Super Bowl hangover and whatever it did to that football team, and 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 I, I tell you what, there are people who follow the Rams, not a lot, but the ones who do, they have a new renewed respect for Adam Whitworth and what that guy meant to that offense, a guy who was just a mountain of a man and, and was just there constantly every year. Yeah, and and so it's an. But the thing about Cooper Cup was, which is shocking to me, is that the Cardinals' defense was able to swallow him up. And again, it, John, with John Wolford at quarterback, it's you've really got to be careful in making these real general assumptions. But if you look at the top ten Cardinal defensive grades from Week Ten, Antonio Hamilton was first. 90.1 got a grade. Yeah, you got a 90 grade. You're doing yeah. something right. My J. Sanders, 87.8. Those were the top two defensive players for the Cardinals, which was interesting. Yeah. I, yeah, I thought Sanders was, was excellent. Yeah. And so, and, and so I think that's interesting, but I do think in, in the case of the Rams, this is, they will, this, this will be, Viewed as a very very hard fall, but going back to the, the Cardinals defense, how they how they uh, dealt with Cup, and they've done a good job on Cooper Cup, keeping his statistics human, which other teams struggle to do. Mm-hmm. 
and it was inhuman what they did to him statistically. Three catches for minus one yard. Going into that game, a lot of people don't even focus on this because the Rams are not good. They're not the same as they were last year. Mm-hmm. Cooper Cup won the triple crown of receiving last year. Led the league in, re- in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. The yardage and touchdown numbers are down. But going into that game against the Cardinals, he was on pace to break the all-time record for catches in a season. He was on pace for 153 catches. Wow. So for them to clamp him yeah. down, even with Wolford at quarterback, was just an amazing yeah. job. Yeah, no, it was, it was an achievement. Uh, I don't know if you saw this story. Antonio Brown, who apparently figures, hey, I haven't been in the news lately, on, in, uh, on social media yesterday, released a screenshot of a text message he reportedly received uh, from 2021 uh, from Tom Brady. And I don't know if this was an attempt to make Tom Brady look bad. The, the the post from Antonio Brown was eventually deleted because, you know, that's what he does. But this text message read this, quote, You are demonstrating very poor decisions and poor communication to so many people who have gone above and beyond to help you. You are acting selfish, and unfortunately, many of those people are exhausted by the erratic and unpredictable emotional behavior. When I met you, you were humble, willing to learn, and anxious to improve things in your life. In a short period of time, you have done those things and accomplished some great things and very much on the path to success long term. Unfortunately, you have reverted very much back to being a young, immature man that is selfish, self-serving, irrational, and irresponsible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's Tom Brady, actually. You know, with well, th- That's the definition of tough love. Do, do, well, do you think Tom Brady liked the fact that Antonio Brown tweeted out that picture of Antonio Brown and Giselle. No. No, that was... that. Talk about crossing a line. But this, again, allegedly was from, from 20... I think May of 2021. It, it, just okay. everything Antonio Brown does, you wonder about. It, well, and a lot of people wonder if, if Antonio Brown isn't damaged courtesy of Antez Perfect. And that legendary hit that he delivered yeah, head-to-head that, in that, that Steelers game. Oh, yeah. I'm just surprised that text message exchange didn't begin with... Hi, this is Tom Brady, quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> Remember, like, the Bruce Arians? Uh, yes. Hi, Hi, this is Bruce Arians, oh, head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, Aaron Rodgers, resurgent, did not suffer a sixth straight loss. Brought the uh, pa- helped bring the Packers back uh, to to beat the Cowboys at Lambeau on Sunday. Uh, he's the latest to go on record about this whole natural grass versus turf, which went away for a long time in the NFL. Yeah, once this uh, field turf became um, a viable option for a lot of teams, we didn't hear a lot about it, but we're hearing a lot in terms of. Uh, you know, p- people saying, "Hey, we got to go to all grass," which is interesting too, because Pete Carroll, after playing on an all grass field, a natural grass field in Germany over the weekend, said the field was a disaster and people were slipping all over the place. So, you, I guess you can't win regardless of the surface. You're well, listen, on. I I do think that there has been there's been a lot of non contact injuries this year that have made people go, "What are we doing here with this turf?" Because that turf can be very grabby. Yes. And it's and it's it's really different. And for anybody who's walked on an NFL field, you're like, wow, this is really bizarre. All the crushed rubber in between all these blades of fake grass. It's really it's it's got a softness to it that's really, you would think would be good, but it's not. Yeah. Um, I, 
I got to give credit to the Cardinals when they when they designed State Farm Stadium. They didn't need to design a field in a rollout tray that sort of you know flourished in the sun and you roll it in and you roll it out. There were people who thought, oh, this this is really a, a silly expense to throw into this project. You know, that is such a good move that they did in retrospect because it's 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 a, it shows you're committed to the healthier players. When you care about that, when you spend money on that. Yes. It's also kind of a technological flex. At least it, it might was be. at the time. Yeah. I mean, that was yeah. 2006 uh, when, when that stadium opened. So we're, we're mean, talking about 16 years of yeah. being out at the forefront of something. Right. And and it's, it's so and, and for a stadium that hosts big games, I think that's it's a good look now, especially with all this blowback. And it's it's starting to really pick up steam for what it's worth. Yeah, the Players Association is calling for the immediate replacement and ban of all slit film turf. And they've got data on a higher rate of injuries on those surface. By the way, seven teams use that type of turf. The Giants, the Jets, because they share a stadium. Lions, Vikings, Saints, Colts, and Bengals. Oh, huh. It looks nice, though. <laughs> Doesn't it? It does look nice, yeah. That it was, does look good. When I was a kid, I was fascinated by AstroTurf. I thought it was like, I thought it was cool. Like, they're playing on fake grass. That's so cool. Never mind. You know, I didn't I didn't consider that it was cement with, like, green carpet over it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I remember watching ga- games in the old Astrodome going, oh, that is disgusting. I was always, like, intrigued by really? it. Really? Yeah. And then I played indoor soccer on uh, on AstroTurf, as it was called back in the day. And I was like, oh, this stuff's not great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, how about it? Uh, coming up next, oh, the Suns and future rumors about a certain king. Oh, boy. And they were talked about on these very airwaves yesterday. Guess what? We'll talk about them again next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.